And we're live. We're back here for another week of the Voice of the Millennial podcast. Man, how you guys doing? Doing all right, man. Blessed. Just exhausted. We finally hey, we, we finally got over the hump, man. We we finally did it. We have a new president. Mm-hmm. It's it's isn't it something? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like you know, we can officially say, and we're not we're not talking about this tonight, but officially the prophets missed. They missed. Yep. Yeah. They gotta pay the piper now. You know, you know the craziest part when I heard when and I, I heard the story, and, and like you said, we're not gonna talk about this tonight, but I heard I heard this guy's theory that he was like you know, maybe these prophets didn't miss. Maybe they did hear from God. But in the Bible, sometimes people heard from God and God reversed that prophecy because of the arrogance of the prophets. But that's something. um, Or in, uh, was it second Kings where God sent a lying spirit Mm -hmm. to prophesy? Yeah, I, I heard that too. And, and 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 to be honest with you, we don't know exactly what it was, but I do believe my my where I what where I'm at with it, I I, I think that people prophesied um, from their desire and they held on to it from their arrogance. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, sure but it's like you know, I just want to put that out there uh, for all of the people who were like, oh no, you guys are you know in November. I I started talking about this November in November third. And it, you know, everybody was like, "Oh no, you're too early." No, that's not. not over. The, I won't say everybody. There were a lot of people who were sensible, but a lot of people, oh, no, you're too early. You're speaking. It is not over. God is going to do this and all of that stuff, and none of it happened. You missed. Yeah. And, and you know, you can go back and look. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about this. We don't need to go into that, but you need to go through the processes of repentance. Um, and and stay off of the QAnon websites for your prophecies. Mm-hmm. Amen. And we bless the Lord. Okay. Um, well, one more thing. One more thing. Um, for those of you that hate Joe Biden and Camille Harris, um, Camille Harris is not the manifestation of revelations at all. Okay? Just, just, just. Let, let's just scratch that. She's I not. Her. I don't care what color dress she wearing. Huh. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, 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 let's just say I have a picture of Melania Trump wearing a purple dress. So I guess that's How what about it would like to her, too. I have a picture of Michelle Obama killing it in a purple dress. So if if you're going to go with the whole purple dress thing, which woman is it? Because at the concert, Jill Biden wore a purple dress. And I saw some people saying she was the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. You guys have got to stop assuming that every Democrat that gets into office is fulfilling a negative prophecy. That's all I'm saying. Also, also, since we're on it, if you look up political protocol, there are certain colors that women wear to certain types of events. That's true. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, but yeah, let, yeah. In, but in, 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 I, I had to say that because I keep seeing my friends on Facebook, you know. You know, post a picture of Camilla Harris with her hand on the Bible, wearing her purple, and then they post a scripture with it, or they post somebody's false prophecy with it, and I'm just like, uh, stop it! Oh, I'm saying, if you guys missed on who was going to win the prophecy, <laughs> like, why are you prophesying again so quickly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but I mean, not only that, but it's like, I, I mean, at this point, like, I mean, like I said, I'm not 
for Trump and I'm not for Biden or against either one of them. Whoever, whoever's sitting in that office is not going to affect the will of God or the plan of God in any way, shape or form. So we're just, we're, it's just, it's, it's comical for us to sit back and watch how, uh, people just kind of make assumptions right. about, about certain things based and on their, based on their really, hatred too. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, it's really just comical. So, um, really, mm -hmm. I mean, we're praying for, for Joe Biden and Camilla Harris that they would make sure. decisions and everything, but what they do in that office does not affect God's plan on our lives. It doesn't affect God's plan for his church in any way, shape or form. Period. I, and, and personally, I don't I don't care. You know, people are like, oh, they're they're doing this, this is against God's word. And I'm just like, I, I'm not surprised the world's going to act like the world. Right. So, America is true. not a theocracy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. I know. But yeah, that, <laughs> so that's like, a conversation for another day. <laughs> it is. Because I'm. I'm uh oh, no. What happened? All right, there you go. You you just go 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 ahead and say what you just said, Philip. You you popped out for a second. Oh no no, I was I was just, I was about to say for the topic of today, as you can read it right here. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna continue on in what we uh, started last week. And um, if you didn't see last week, um, this was it, it just an incredible conversation. Before we get into the topic, I want everybody to go ahead and like this and share this with your friends. Um, man, I mean, we've seen thousands of people come through in these last couple of weeks that we've been going and we are a very new podcast and man, we are so happy that all of you are tuning in. This is the place to be every single Friday night, right around about 7.30. We are on and, uh, we are, we are having a great time, uh, discussing and growing and, uh, just having great conversations. So I want you to continue to do that, like and share this. Uh, and as you come in, say hello, say what's up to us. And if there's something you want to chime in on the conversation on, please feel free to do so. Um, now, last week we started this conversation of has the church treated women right? And we kind of touched into so many areas and uh, we intended to have a guest on tonight. Unfortunately, our guest was unable to come on uh, so we're going to go ahead with the three of us tonight. And, and uh, you know, if there is a woman, we want to put this offer out there in this hour that we're on. If there is a woman who wants to share uh, tonight, we will send you the link and bring you on to tonight's live. Um, so to, to con go ahead, Phil. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to put that in the chat in case somebody comes in a little bit late. Perfect. Perfect. So to begin, um, I, I want to just bring up the fact, and we kind of highlighted it a little bit, but we didn't go deep into these things. Um, we kind of started talking about some of the patriarchal bias um, that is in the church. And one thing that I have come to find out is in 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 when it comes down to uh, standards of holiness, that a lot of times the bias goes very strongly against, uh, or very strongly where like the, the men have an easier time of meeting said standard than women. Um, you know, and, and then in the areas of failure of these standards, it seems like we can be harsher on, um, on women in our judgment or punishment of their failures than we are for men. 
Um, Caleb, what would what do you think of that? What, do you think that that's an accurate assessment? What what do you think of that? Yeah, um, I've definitely seen a double standard. Um, just I would just say in the, in terms of a woman and man doing the same exact thing. So say a man is out there, you know, fornicating, doing whatever he wants. Um, the church doesn't really care in a sense. Like you might have those few that will say, you know, brother, you need to, you need to do better. You need to be do, um, you need to repent and all of that. But it's not as broad as if a, if per se, a woman were to do the same exact thing. Um, for some reason, society has always viewed women doing that, you know, very, very, very harshly. Um, and it's just, it's always been a double standard, always been a double standard. Um, so I, I would say in that, in that, in that context that there's been double standards in the church for that. What do you think, Phil? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. There's, I mean, there's, there's been a double standard in the church for a long time. I mean, uh, they're just, I mean, the Bible does sometimes, uh, does sometimes talk about certain, uh, genders having certain qualifications and meeting certain uh things to be in certain positions but um we i feel like the church will i'll say the traditional church has kind of taken that to a new level and just kind of uh created a double standard that puts more uh you could say discipline or more more boundaries uh with women more than they do the men and uh, I think I've I've said this on on our last episode, but um, God him, God Himself He likes to deal with a lot of men's hearts more than He does more so women. Um, now I mean we can go deep into you know studies on on why uh, women's hair is significant. We can go into studies about why, you know why women should do certain things, but we should also go into a, a, the same study about why men should act a certain way and why they should carry themselves a certain way. You know. So um, yeah, I, I really do feel like there's been a double standard, and there's been a lot more emphasis on uh, being legalistic with with the women more than more so than men. Yeah. Now, you know, Caleb, when you started, you kind of touched into something on the fornication piece, and, and on that, let's bring up a scenario that I'm sure we've all seen. I know I've seen this many times. Okay. So the girls in church, the girl gets pregnant. And it, it almost seems like it's like the scenario in scripture with the woman caught in adultery, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Where it's like, we're coming and bringing the girl and I've seen girls get brought before the church uh, to confess their sins and repent to the church. I've seen people have to confess to their pastors that, you know, oh my God, I've sinned. Like they're some type of Catholic priest. Uh, I've seen, you know, where we will ultimately shame the girl and their restoration process is a lot more difficult than it is for a man who quote unquote has a baby. And it almost seems like to me, our punishment and our judgment of those situations is more based in the fact, uh, number one, that the girl carries the child for nine months. So it's like, we're not Sometimes I wonder, are we really upset about the fornication or because is having the baby the sin or is fornication the sin? And which one are we actually yeah. upset about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and well, I mean, um, go ahead, Phil. No, 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 no. You, you can go ahead. I was just saying like, yeah, that's actually a great point. The, the, the thing is, is, is a lot of people um, 
a lot of people don't like to pay, don't like the consequences of their actions. All right. Um, and so we have grown in this culture where um, we want to cover up the consequences of our actions instead of facing them. And in that case, it would be facing a child out of wedlock. Um, and everybody would see that. And a, a lot of people would shame you and be like, how dare you? And um, a lot of that, I, I just think that it's, it's more of a culture of us not wanting to face our, our consequences. That's why abortion is so huge. I was reading, um, I was reading something the other day and this, this person who's at a clinic, um, she said that there's in evangelical places, she says that there's a lot of evangelicals that come in and get abortions for their mm. daughters. And um, these are the same people that are out there, you know, going against abortion. And it's just, it's that culture that I don't want to face the consequences of my actions. So, so the question then for, to me becomes, and Philip, you can pick up, is are we is are we upset about sin or are we just embarrassed? And 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 is our judgment on the women that get pregnant and have a, you know a child out of wedlock is this is this rooted in the idea that? Um, you know, hey, you're an embarrassment to us because this, because in your case as a woman, the results of your sin show. What, 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 what do we do with that, Philip? Um, well, I mean, I, I was, I was kind of thinking about this. Uh, so we, you, you, you remember the story uh, about the woman caught in adultery, right? And um, we, we see this story. And you know now nowadays uh, people are kind of starting to bring up the, the narrative of like oh why didn't they bring the man they just brought the woman but we when we when she gets to Jesus Jesus never said anything about her sin nothing he didn't address it didn't acknowledge it nothing what I find interesting is in Matthew chapter five Jesus says. But I tell you that any man that looks upon a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He, he acknowledged the man's sin because a man can hide it better than a woman. Mm -hmm. So Jesus was like, all right, I know what your, your intentions are. I know, what's in, I know what your heart is really about. Yes. Mm -hmm. So even though she can't hide it and society will try to highlight her mistakes, because obviously, you know, if, if a woman gets pregnant, you can't hide that. But he's like, your sin, even though people can't see it, I'm going to expose that. Yeah. And um, it, it's interesting how that and this is in the same book, you know, that that we have these right. scenarios um, that and I don't think really people have kind of piece those two together because Jesus didn't acknowledge her sin because people tried to make it look like, you know, it was basically just her. And and really, I don't even think like Jesus' mindset was on where's the man. His mindset was just on the fact that y'all also have sin and you're trying to call out hers. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, that, that was that was that was kind of uh, my thought on, on, on that whole situation. Mm -hmm. For sure. Now, let's push this a little further, right? Because when we're talking about double standards, we're already talking about the children that come up out of wedlock. And one thing, I just want to touch this for a second, because I feel like 
that sometimes when it comes down to the child out of wedlock situation, that the way we handle it is so toxic, oh. right? Because it's not, it's not even just about the fact that we make the mom feel like something, right? But what I have seen is not only does the church in, in the church building make, make the woman feel a certain way and we stop offering certain support uh, to the mom, and, and that's probably when she needs it most. Yeah. Um, but then on top of that, we, I see families, religious families, take that same ideology that they've got from church and start to treat the family member that way. And and what ends up happening, I've seen in, in certain cases, is children brought out of wedlock from Christian families, we almost start to treat the child like the child is illegitimate. And and I don't believe there's such a thing as an illegitimate child. I hate that term. I think it's, it's despicable. It's terrible to call a person illegitimate. Maybe the way that they came about was not biblically correct, but there's no such thing as an illegitimate person. That's literally saying you're not a real person. Yeah. It's not legitimate. Like it's not real. <laughs> it's, it's, not the same, it's the same. It's the same mindset of the of the I, folks that um, when you have immigrants that come into the country, they don't call yeah. them people. They call them, you know, aliens. They call aliens. them immigrants, yeah. you know, and it's, it's that same type of mindset. It's that same type of dehumanizing mindset. The thing is, is right. even though somebody was born out of wedlock does not mean that they cannot be saved and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Like there, I don't understand why we would treat somebody who did not come from a traditional biblical background different from the person who did come from that traditional biblical background. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, that I've seen that just be so damaging because you will start to estrange a lot of times the mother uh, of the child um, and and you will allow for the 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 mother to be distanced from the family. So she doesn't have the support and you raise that child up with an uh, almost what I would call an orphan spirit. They're separated from their family. You're, they're made to feel like that their existence in coming into this world is not approved by God. And, and, and then at the same time, you want them to believe that God has a purpose and has a plan. But you're also telling them, essentially, God didn't want you to be here. Well, for instance, um. When we were kids, um, kids that came from, you know, that background, uh, uh, you know, out of wedlock background, um, parents would tell their children not to play with them. Yeah. The child hasn't done it. The child yeah. hasn't done anything wrong. They, they right. are just existing. And, you know, other parents would say, oh, don't go play with them. And so not only are you estranging the mother or the father, you're also the kid is also suffering from it as well. Yeah. And they didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think we have to really start to reevaluate this because what I've found is that we will glory. We, we, we give that process of restoration to eat. We, we give that uh, easier to a man than we do to a woman. Yeah. And so I just I, I think that's dangerous and I think it's toxic um, and and I, I've seen it make it very difficult for people who are born out of what like it's a thought process that they really struggle with because you've essentially taught them that they are sin. Mm -hmm. They themselves. Wow. Yeah. 
you know, and, and what do you do? How do you serve a God when your literal existence is the embodiment of something he dislikes? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so we've got to begin to stop teaching people that having the baby is sin. Because you can't tell them having a baby is sin and at the same time also tell them not to have abortions. Like, that's not the sin. That, that exactly. God has nothing wrong with babies being born at all. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I just think that that is something to consider. But then even keeping in that vein, in order to have a baby, there has to be, uh, as I was coming up with a kid, they would say they called it the things that mommies and daddies do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, takes two to tango. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and so the other area that I think that I want to address is the purity movement. Um, I think all of us came up in churches where purity was not just taught, but it was like a, a heavy thing. And I can recall, and even to this day, there's this whole thing of, you know, like, and, and I don't want to, we're not advocating, first of all, for promiscuity or people doing, you know, all kinds of craziness. We're talking about being fair in how we handle the process of restoration yeah, and, and making sure that we're fair in the way that we handle these. Because I think that another thing is, that, that, that I've seen done is we will preach to the boys very lightly about how they should remain pure. Yeah. And, and when they don't, we take the attitude of boys will be boys. Yeah. I you know, don't do that again, or you shouldn't do that. Or in some cases we don't even go there. We're just kind of like, you know, a use a condom next time, <laughs> you know, yeah. But when it's a girl that we find out, we are we push on them, we embarrass them, we we humiliate them, you know, we put them through all of these paces that are that that are so much harsher than what we give to the to the boy, as though women have no type of uh, inclinations uh, towards de or, or desires towards these type of things. I'm sure you guys have probably heard girls being taught that their virginity is you know a sacred trust from god like god just gave you god has given the woman as her virginity that that is something that's very special you know um and that almost a man even terms like a man taking their virginity is like it's like this robbing <laughs> you know like you've stolen something uh yeah. from her what, what do you guys think about that is there any type of double standard in how we handle whether or not a man or a woman uh, lives pure until marriage. Do is there a double standard there? Oh yeah, thousand, yeah, thousand percent, thousand percent. I mean, it's it, and it's so much easier, like I said, to hide when you're a guy. Um, it's so much easier to hide it. That's why you've had so many people in prominent ministry positions fall because of of, of secret sins that they've done, but nobody's found out yet. You know, um, and it's it, it's. It's interesting because, and, and this is why, like, as, as a youth leader um, at my church, I, I don't want to stray away from having difficult conversations like that. Yes. Because it's such a taboo subject. Like, people in church are, like, if you start talking about porn, then they're like, oh, you got to be careful with that now. Because they just don't, they don't want to feel uncomfortable. Or if you start talking yes. about sex, like, oh, you got to feel uncomfortable with it. Like, listen, I've been through that. I used to be addicted to porn. 
I'm just going to be straight up. I did. And, and I, and I've came out of that and now I'm married. So I, I mean, obviously I know what sex is about. So, I mean, why not have a, why not? I mean, why not have somebody that loves God that has overcame certain, uh, trials in life. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this lust and porn and stuff like that run through the church more than people think. Oh my God. Yes. They really do. A lot of, ignore a lot of people would be shocked that there's, there's just, a, just about the same amount of women who watch porn as men. Yes. Like we like to, we like to say it's a male problem, but it's not just a male problem. Huh. We must no. watch porn too. I mean, I mean, must- I, I've even seen pastors that admit that even when they were pastoring, they even struggled with that. And, and mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not like, oh, like, oh, my gosh, like, that's such a bad thing. It's a sin, just like lying, just like stealing. It's a sin. Right. Okay? That's yeah. a yeah. just like addiction to alcohol. Like, come on now. Like, like, let's not act like that's such a oh, my goodness, that's such a terrible sin. You're mm-hmm. going. But, no. but, 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 Philip, the thing with that is the reason why people the reason why people have that mentality that, you know, talking about sex or talking about porn or, you know, somebody confessing that they have a porn addiction or, or sexual addiction is so big is because we shy away from having those conversations. Yeah, um, exactly. for, some, for some reason, the, he, here's one of the biggest gripes that people that are not Christians have with the Christian movement. The, the, the gripe that they have is that people who come out of Christianity or they just encounter people that are Christians in general, don't know about their bodies sexually. Or you touching know something about their bodies sexually. And women are right. It's it's huge with women. And so it's just right. like because the church is not having those conversations at all. Because we can't mm. talk about that because it's going it might trigger something with it. It's, it, it. it's not talked about. So here's the thing. If you don't talk about it, we're gonna go find yeah. the answers somewhere. Exactly. And a lot of children, a lot of children, boys and girls, watch porn to figure it out. And porn is the worst example. The absolute worst. Absolute worst It bears no resemblance to reality. Exactly. But exactly. that's the problem is because they're not being educated on this stuff. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the most they get is sex ed at school. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The only sex ed they get at church is don't do it. Don't, don't do talk it. about it. Don't think about it. Exactly. But so all of a sudden, when, when you get married, oh, do it all the time. And so they're confused. They're like, what? But now, now, now let's let's push that. Right. What you just said, you said that um, first it's like have nothing to do with it and then do it all the time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then before now, you get demonized before marriage, you get demonized if you have a high libido. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now. It, because of the double standard of how this is taught to men versus how this is taught to women, I think that this will affect women more when it comes down to the marriage bed. Because you never tell a man that somebody took his virginity. You never made that a possession for the man. You never made, and again, we're not advocating for promiscuity and all that stuff. What we're talking about is the double standard in how this thing is presented and what is the mindset that you're building within the man versus within the woman because when we get into the marriage right because of the way we've been taught and the way we are wired to receive things we get in there and expect it all the time mm-hmm. right we're you know like we're we're ready to go but what do you do with the girl when she was encouraged all her life not to do it that's what made her a good girl 
And then now that she is married, what has made her a good girl her entire life now makes her a bad wife. But but can we also talk about this the double standard where they have put this narrative out there that it's like a woman being the qualification of a, of a good woman to be picked at as a wife is that she needs to be a virgin. Mm. That's not as harped on with a man. Right. Mm -hmm. At all. Yeah. It's not even a qualification. It's not. But I've always seen that double standard. Yes. Growing up, I, you, you know, you know, everybody's, you know, all the men are like, yeah, man, I want a woman that does this and this and this and this. And then they throw, it needs to be a virgin up in there too. And I'm just like, but are you though? How do you know you want all of those things mm -hmm. if you have never? Exactly. True. I mean, True. my thing is that, True, my thing is that, um, I, I realized I, I used to be one of those people because of the way the three of us grew up. I used to be that way. Oh, I want my wife to be a virgin, right? And then I had an epiphany like three years ago. I was just like, with the way our generation is set up, okay, the chances of that happening is very, very slim. Slim, yeah. Like, let's just, because the thing is, like, let's just be real. Like, let's just be raw and real here. The older you get as an as a young adult, I'm 25 years old, going to be 26 years old this year. The older you get, is the more sexually frustrated you get. Yeah. And sure. and so when 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 you see like young girls and young guys getting older and older and older, the chances of somebody being a 35 year old virgin is slim to none. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know, slim to none. You know what's crazy though? As as a youth leader, I've seen. And it's sad because I've seen 13, 14, 12 year olds having sex, like for real. Mm -hmm. I mean, not necessarily in my youth group, I'm saying in my youth group, but I'm saying like, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen it. And I've, I've, general, I've yes. and I'm sitting up here like, I'm like, you, you're 12, you're 13, 14, like, mm -hmm. why? And the, I think this is probably like nine out of 10 times this is the answer because I wanted to learn. Like I wanted to know, right. I wanted the to curiosity. Yeah. And because it's not talked about in church um, and, and, and obviously, um, you know, this is not something that should be probably preached about over the pulpit, but I mean, it should probably be something that's taught in Bible studies, youth in lessons, a young connect group sort of deal and stuff. Or in their home or that too. Thank you. In their home, that actually, yeah, that's the best place for that is in their homes. But the reason, and I really feel like because, uh, they're the, the over legalistic mindset that, that the traditional church has had towards women. That's what's kind of given men kind of free reign to just kind of back up out of that discussion. Because, I mean, let, let's talk about this. And, and, I, and I'll ask you too. How many discussions have you had in your lifetime, either with, you know, your parents or maybe with your, your youth pastor or pastor about men problems concerning like masturbation? You can probably count <laughs> Never, right? Never. But I uh, and, and and I mean I didn't mean to make that fist actually nothing. <laughs> but but I mean it's it's but it's talked about for women though. But men, it's not talked about. I mean, and I, and honestly, I don't necessarily I haven't firsthand experienced that discussion with women, but you know, my wife has told me like, yeah, you know, we were told this and we were told that and we were told this and we were told that. And then I'm like, we've never had this conversation. Mm. Mm -hmm. I've never had this conversation with a minister. 
I really haven't. I don't even think I've had this conversation with my dad. Um, at least it never went deep as far as like the spiritual significance or or the significance of just of of, of being a good man. Like I, I never like the conversation was never talked about like at all. So me, I'm just sitting up here like, you know, as a young 12, 13, 14, 15 year old, you know, I'm sitting up here like, well, like, what do I do? Where do I learn? And then but, we go to middle school and you know and what happened there. And all of your peers are experts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> experts. Like, and, like, and, like for, for the parents that are watching right now, just um, you need to understand this one thing. When your kid goes to school, they are learning stuff about masturbation and porn from their friends. They might not come home and tell you about it, but it, that, those are com those are topics, especially in middle school when their preteens and their hormones are raging. Like they are having those conversations with their peers all the time, and yeah. sometimes and sometimes their friends will give them recommendations of things to go watch. Oh, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. So if this conversation is absent in your home, you are doing your child a disservice. Absolutely. And 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 one of the things that I've heard that we we've probably all heard is, you know, oh, those church girls are freaks. Mm -hmm. yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I think that the truth is that anyone who lives in suppression, right? Yeah. You because your your home hormones are there, and and believe it or not, they came from God, for men and for women. I was, I was about to touch on that. I was about to touch on that. Go ahead. But but here we go. We 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 act like it's the devil. Got like the devil gave it to you until you get married. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's such right. a good point. Right. <laughs> that's exactly. That's point. why I was about to touch on it because I'm sort of like <sighs> God made us this way. He yeah. made He made us with these urges. He made us with these desires. The he made us with these organs. <laughs> exactly. The problem is where you don't have a a a, a, a holy direction to walk in in yes. that in that aspect of your life because church has neglected to talk about it. Now, guess who's teaching them? The devil. And that's where this this the disconnect comes in, in, in into play. Yes. And then that's and but. I don't know where the disconnect came from when it came to church talking more about the women's side of that area more than the men. I don't even, I don't, I really don't even have an explanation well, for that. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I, go ahead, Philip, sorry. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I was basically done, but I mean, I was, I was just going to say like, it's, I, I never really saw that disconnection, like where it disconnected, but that's the reason why it's such a interesting subject to talk about. I mean, it should be talked about definitely responsibly if you're if you're going to do it at you know any kind of church type gathering rather than in the home. You, know, you got to do it. You got to do it responsibly. I'm not saying just walk up in the church and start talking about all kinds of ridiculous stuff. No, I'm not. Lord, church, this morning we're going to talk about turning I'm, your Bibles to the Song of Solomon. Because <laughs> I mean, I've never, I've never, as, a, as a youth leader, I've never had this discussion in a mixed group. I never had women and men. In the you know boys and girls in the same room talking about this thing because it should be talked about separately you know sure. so it needs it needs to be for done sure, responsibly for sure, for sure. You know, it definitely needs to be done responsibly because I've had that discussion about you know masturbation with the guys I'm like okay let's talk about this and I went and I went and I you know I kind of went through it and explained to them and and a lot of them and it's crazy how a lot of them said you know I struggle with this and then I, I talked to this guy and he struggled with this and I'm just like you see nobody probably would have talk to you about this ever 
Because mm-hmm. it's, it's that taboo subject that nobody nobody wants to right. touch, but the devil's not afraid to touch it and pervert it in a way that you know makes it seem like anything that it related to that aspect of your life that God created is bad. So, okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, and this is to tie back in to tie into our subject. Um, this is one of the ways that there's this is a double standard. Um, I, I've heard women, multiple, you know, women that have been that are either still in the traditional church or have gotten out of the tra- traditional church where the pastor um, made it wrong for a woman to shave her legs. And or or yeah. to or to shave her nether regions or to wear um thongs or or lingerie like like it like one girl said that she had the pastor would like go pew to pew and like shine a flashlight to see if the women had shaved your legs or not what i'm dead serious what yes and so so and, and it's just like why you're not doing that to the guys it's true yeah. you, you, you you're not telling guys what they're allowed to wear under their pants Right. So why are you telling women what they are allowed to wear under their skirts? Like, why? The double standard. It's a double, it's a standard. double standard. No idea where the disconnect came from, but that's what I'm talking about. I feel like that disconnect came from that over legalistic attitude towards women. Like, mm-hmm. you, can, you know, the, 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 you know, you can have a rap sheet of rules that you know they'll have in church that oh if you if you check all these boxes you're a good woman and the man's list is significantly smaller (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but jesus's list as far as a man's heart is you know what i'm saying so that's why like and when i studied when i studied that in matthew and i'm just like this is how jesus dealt with that and he dealt with the men's hearts yes and and i feel like now i've kind of seen uh, the church kind of moving in in a direction that now they're they're starting to put more emphasis on how people um, act um, on the inside, what their intentions are, and and and, and yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I am I am really impressed. I have how the church has kind of grown into that, and how we're moving away from just that, yes, you know, uh, just that rap rap sheet of you know women, y'all gotta do this and do this and do this and do this and do this, and then the men is just kind of like you're good. You know, I'm kind right. of glad. I'm kind of glad that we're, moving, that we're moving away from that. And um, um, I, I mean, I've I've seen um my, my general superintendent, uh, Dr. Bernard. Uh, I remember a, a while ago he sent out an email to the ministers, and he and he was talking about um, uh, sexual harassment and, and and sexual sins within the ministry specifically. Um, and I was just like, it's good that now the leader of an entire organization is now you know it, it's good that he's addressing this stuff now. Because yes. you have these men that can, and, and the crazy part is they can hide what they're doing. Unless somebody goes and does it a little tattletale, they can hide what they're doing. And that's the sad part is because most men, they can do, they can do whatever they're doing and they can walk around like nothing's the matter. Um, right. And most of the time women aren't the same way. And, that, yeah. and that's just how they were made. They're, you know, their emotions are different. Their hormones are different. That's just, that's just how they were made. I mean, I'm not saying every woman is overly emotional. I'm not saying that. But um, what 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 two sins can affect two people differently? Um, yeah. I'll put I'll put it that way. So um, I, I I mean I'm definitely glad where the church is going now. But I mean we still got a ways to go before we get out of this ideolo- ideology that um, women have to do more to be holy than the men. Mm-hmm. That's now you're touching something, right? 
So, so, so let's, let's deal with this. Um, Caleb, you just started talking about the preachers telling women what to wear as underclothes. How about though dress code as we would call it? Yeah. Okay. Anytime you hear rebuke and, and let's, let's, let's deal with this. Let's deal with this. Cause I think what, 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 what you've been talking about, Philip kind of has a lot to do with where this disconnect comes from. Here's my theory because we, we will rebuke women for any type of outfit. And I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it, especially black women. I know y'all don't wanna hear this gospel, but this is the truth. Y'all, especially black women, because black women are built a certain way. And so you rebuke them because they look a certain way and we will tell them, oh, you don't wanna make the men less than see, you're gonna lead the man to hell. No, the scripture says, if the man looks at the woman to lust at, now wait, wait, it doesn't say if he looks at her and thinks she's beautiful. Okay, okay, go there, go there. It says if he looks at her to lust. Right. So we, we have men afraid to even look at someone and then we tell them, oh, you know, you shouldn't even pick somebody based off how, how they look. If you know, it doesn't even matter. All that matters is character. And part of the reason why you're telling them that is because you're making the women in your church dress frumpy. You're making them look dumpy. You're not letting them look their best. You want them to wear sackcloth and ashes. You want them to wear tablecloths for their clothes. And then after all of this, oh, don't pick them up on how they look, but 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 you know, I think that the problem is we, we we with men there's less of a of a code because we have a completely different wardrobe and we have a completely different body. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know what's so crazy? You touched on something there. Um, the church is making women feel bad for being fine, bro. Yo, I, let me let me <laughs> let me talk. <laughs> Talk about this though, because I've seen, man, I, I'm, I'm knocking over my table. I have seen so many preachers be like, oh, yeah, and so many pastors be like, yeah, don't, don't, don't pick your wife, bitches. Based off of looks, you need to pick her for this and pick her for that. And, you know, basically pick her for all these, these, this holy mixture, you know, little, little cocktail that you just want to be like, okay, let me tell you something, bro. You know, the first qualification that I looked at when I married my wife, I said, man, she fine. Same here. And I, I told her, told my wife that I said the first time I actually recognized you was when you just like apparently we were going to the same church for at least two months before, before I recognized her. And one day in new class, I'm just like, she fine. And that like, I mean, I, I'm just a guy. I'm I'm like she fine. That's that's just like she bad. So then, you know, I got to know her more. Yeah. And and I, I noticed how she worshiped. I loved it. I noticed how she prayed. I loved it. I know I know I noticed how devoted to God she was. And I loved it. Her ministry complimented mine as well. I loved it. So, you know, and, and it's not like I had I necessarily had a checklist, but it's just like I loved who she was. I didn't yes. love yeah. but I also But you had to see her first. Exactly. Thank I also, you. I also loved how she looked. So you got all these pastors up here. No, don't marry somebody for their looks. But they, but yet they got a bad too. Like you know, you married your wife because my thing is, my, my thing is something. Come on, stop my, my thing is, is, is I have such an issue with the whole don't, don't, don't marry for looks. Because I'm sorry, if you are giving me one woman that I can have sex with for the rest of my life, I better come on, Reverend. When Period. I look at her, 
there must be some fire shut up in my bones that just <laughs> <laughs> like 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 I'm so like yes yes she needs to be Holy Ghost filled yes she needs to love God yeah. yes she needs to have a prayer yes, yeah I get it yeah yes, duh duh but, but I <laughs> so we're not always doing when spiritual I look at her, exactly when I look at her I gotta be like mm, my God I'm so glad mm. I'm married to her <laughs> exactly yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to put this up on the screen. It says they're making them undesirable to men so they want to go outside of the church for a woman. And that's why a lot of men find women outside of the church. That's why. Flirt to convert. One of the biggest gripes I have seen with apostolic women in Philip and I's circle is they they always ask, why are the guys, why do the guys, the guys don't want modest women. And they, they're always going out of the church to date the the <laughs> mom. <laughs> mom, wow. Um, <laughs> my buddy, my bu- <laughs> Derek, come on, man. You can always count on Derek, man. He always has a one one <laughs> set up. Oh, the comments, man. The biggest the biggest gripe I have seen is they're always like, why do men they're like men don't want um modest women? Because they'll say, Oh, I want a modest woman because she'll be a good wife, she will pray for me, blah 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 blah. But then they go out and then they sleep around with women who are not modest. Let's look, look at this. Look at this comment. Look at this comment. Yeah. Some men like frumpy women because they know she will never leave. And, and, and this is true. Now, here's here's what I got to say to that. And I, I'm going to take my glasses off for this one. How about you be a better man? How about mm-hmm. that? Facts. Facts. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm so tired of because I feel like we have this long list of qualifications for a woman, of what makes her be a good wife. But when it comes down to a husband, all he has to do is pay the bills. And exist. And exist and don't beat her up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can be emotionally distant, which is mainly the reason why most women cheat. You don't have to listen to her. You don't have to make her feel important. You don't have to consider her in anything. All you got to do is pay the bills, exist, and come home and kick your feet up and rub your belly. Yeah. Honey, you're going to make me some dinner. Okay. All right. Like, bro. <laughs> like, some, something's got to change. It hurts my brain. It really does. Because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Not even a little bit. Because, Justin, Justin, I'll, I'll say this. I have always, I've always been that person. If I want it done, I'll do it myself. People that work with me will tell you, I like working by myself, not because I'm a jerk. But because I don't like asking people to do stuff for me or to do stuff with me because I feel like I'm bothering them. So it's the same at home. Like there's guys out there that they won't do their own laundry because they're married and they think, oh, my wife has to do my laundry. And it's just like, and so they'll have work. They'll have work the next day and they will go, hey, honey, I don't have any clothes. And it's just like, and she's doing something. And I'm like, bro. But can, but, can, but can we talk about that, though? Can we talk about that standard where a, a, a man's like, oh, yeah, she needs to be able to cook and clean and wash and iron and all this stuff. And, but can and, you do and, it? And, and all the man has to do is just pay the bills. Mm-hmm. 
He's not. He, now, 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 let's let's push it even further. Okay. Go because ahead. in 2021, most households are two-income households. Thank oh. you. And then they still expect the woman to do all yeah. of the work, work, all the work at home, and they expect do the woman to work 12 hours, come home, cook, clean, wash, iron, help the kids with their schoolwork. Kids and do come work in 12 hours, and you come home and. Is dinner going to be ready yet? <laughs> My goodness, I'm hungry. Like, That's well, you don't get in the kitchen and make the dinner yourself. That's the crazy part. And, and you know, you know what's crazy is because this, I have never done more dishes in my life, I feel like, and house chores than last year and this year. Because I'm, a, I'm basically a stay-at-home person. I'm, a, I'm basically a full-time investor right now, so I work for myself from home. My wife has a, a you know, nine-to-five job, so she goes out and she works. And a lot of times... I, I think back and I'm just like, how many men would be in my position, work from home, see dishes in the sink, and then leave them for his wife when she get home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because she's the woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the problem is. That right there is uh, is when you you won't do something simply because you're the man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I hate right there. It's one thing if you guys fall into a natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's another thing yeah. when you force the beat, if you will, because you're the man, she's the woman. And according to your beliefs, it's not even just your, your because you believe this is the way that it's supposed to be according to God. Mm-hmm. Well, That's a mess. I've, I've talked to women. I've talked to women. And the thing is, is they, they, they always tell me, we don't mind cooking, cleaning, washing, all that kind of stuff. The problem they have, they have an issue with the entitlement that Bingo. men can Bingo. bring. Yep. Yes. Like it, it's not, it's not um <clears throat> she, you know, giving her the choice. There, there's that word again, giving her the choice to do it for you. Yeah. It's you're going to do this for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just gonna expect you to do it. And if you don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be looking at you like you weird. Like, because I'm gonna be that guy that's gonna start doing something, like if I'm washing clothes or cleaning something up, and if she says no, I'll get it. Cool, but I'm not gonna expect her to say no, I'll get it. Yeah, because see, here's the thing: you don't deserve, and I think that this is what it comes to, is we've got to understand as men that we don't deserve certain treatment just because we're the man. Exactly. Thank you. Back. Your your manhood doesn't entitle you to, to, to much of anything. Yeah. Um you you've got to earn that from her. And so the question that I always ask myself, let, 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 let me my, my wife is a very successful woman. Uh you know, I, I I'll put it this way. She don't need me. Same. You got you a good yeah. woman. Yeah, my wife, my wife don't need me. <laughs> she don't need me. She if she didn't have me, like as far as moving along in life, She's she'd fine. be just fine, perfectly fine. Yeah. So 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 the the key becomes how else do you contribute to her life, right? That, that because if you if you're not making some sort of contribution, then you don't deserve any particular treatment right exactly I, i'll say this i am a person i've had to learn this in the military 
you don't require somebody to do something you can't do. Ooh, that's good. So I want, I'm requiring, I got my list, right? About who I want to date and, oh, she has to be able to cook. Can I cook? Mm -hmm. Because what if you both can't cook? <clears throat> Guess y'all eating chicken Tyson chicken tendies for dinner. <laughs> Come on. Oh, like, oh my God. It's coming right here. Here we go. Here we go. Yep. For some men, they see women as sex objects in the marriage. So, so let's, again, let's tally up all of this stuff she's supposed to do. Supposed mm -hmm. to take care of all of the children. She's supposed to cook all of the food, keep all of the house clean. And then when she finishes all of that without your assistance. Tend to all your need wants. Now she's supposed to tend to all your needs. And she's supposed to be proficient and skilled at all of this stuff. But, 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 but you wanted her to be a virgin. Mm -hmm. I'm closing my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Justin, wait, wait, let, let's stay, stay right there for a second. Let, let, let's stay right there for a second. They want a woman to be a virgin when they get married, right? Mm -mm. But they also want her to be proficient in sex. How does How? that make sense? <laughs> make it make sense to me. <laughs> make it make sense, please. Hey, help. <laughs> now, I, and I don't want to go too far because I want to be careful. I want to be careful because I know we got some okay. people that will be real sensitive. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to be the man to say it. What makes you think she's going to want to do that if you don't um, do anything that makes it an enjoyable process? Yeah, Thank okay, you. yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> you uh, well, I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that one, but you're, yes, you're right. You, I, I tried to dress I'm, it up a little bit. Yeah. I, but, I, you know, but you know what's like funny? This. You know what's funny? Do because being married and being in being in the first stages of my marriage, you know, I learned some of that some of that stuff. Absolutely. Because yeah. I wasn't proficient. You, you know, even though, like I said, I used to have that that porn addiction. I didn't know nothing about sex. It has nothing to do with reality at all. All. So I. So and on it. And that was just like that. That 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 moment that I was just like, all right, I got to unlearn and relearn. And now, life is good. <laughs> I'll put that it that foolishness you see online is not real. No. Like that woman did not orgasm in that video. <laughs> Come on. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I got, I got to put this comment up here. Yeah, yeah, Woo, go ahead. Dropping gems. I, I really, I wanna, I wanna, I, I wanna touch that last comment. Listen, see, see, nothing is sexier than the man who is helpful. Wow. I, I, I've learned. I, 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 and I'm learning, because I, I'll never present something to you like I, I'm perfectly at it, because I'm not. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent. But one thing I do know how to do is I know how to, to at least play a part. I'll never put the entire burden uh, 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 of things on my wife. You know what I mean? And, and, and then another thing is men within, man, we, we, we are really touching some stuff tonight. In, yes, in the context of your marriage, are you, are you willing 
to allow your wife to have a voice in the relationship. Uh And then let's, let's flip this back even into church. Because I feel like a lot of times when it comes down to uh, needs being met, that the men always make demands. And then oftentimes we don't allow the woman to voice their needs. Right. And then when they voice them, it's it's like whatever you say will be done, has to be done. But whatever they say might get done if you happen to like it. And I'm I and it, it is an area that uh, that I've had to go through the process of unlearning, and and and, and in many ways I'm still going through the process of unlearning. Mm-hmm. Is no, you have like God took the woman out of man's side, not from his back, not from his foot, <laughs> but it was. From his side, and the question becomes for me is, is she really walking beside you or is she being drugged behind you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good point. And honestly, and honestly, um, in years past, as we grew up watching marriages in the church, it has always been, in our case, in the circle that we ran in, it has always been the woman being drugged behind her man. Just there. Just there. Just there. Yeah. Yeah. Just there. And like that that excerpt I read in that book last week, your wife is supposed to be a counterpart. Yes. Counterpart means of equal value. Part of that definition is you're of equal value. Sure. sure. You're, yeah. you're like each other. So So we can't, and it goes back into what we we're talking about last week. The ideology, the reason we can't foster that ideology that a woman is our counterpart to help us with our vision, it's because the ideology of a woman can't have any ambitions. She has to be subservient to men. Let's touch that. Because when it comes down to career, when it comes down to education, I have found in many cases that women are frowned upon, right, for wanting to seek out uh, you know, something where it's almost like if their ambition, if their goal, by the way, I haven't said this since the beginning of the podcast, this is way too good not to share uh, and and to like you. I mean, come on, you've got to like and share this if you haven't already. It's a good one. But, um, you know, it's almost like if the woman, if her ambition is not to be a mother and take care of her children that if that's not like her ultimate goal, like then she's not a good woman. Like she can't want uh, to excel um, in in her career. She can't want to do, you know, big and great things and mighty things. And she can't have uh, ministry aspirations and she can't, you know, there's only a few things that we really will allow a woman. Like if a woman can sing, we'll let her sing, but almost anything else in ministry, we have a huge problem with uh, them wanting to send to heights in preaching ministry, wanting them to ascend to heights within administration of the church, having issues with them wanting to have a corporate career or have a, 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 a business unless it's certain kind of businesses. And let me let you know, women can do much more than have a babysitting business. And a boutique. Thank you. They can, they can Thank do you. Boutique. Thank you. 
they do the boutique business. The boutique business is so saturated. Ladies, leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah stop it, please. <laughs> stop it. Are y'all selling old clothes? Like, come on. The, the, uh, we're, we're, we're leaving boutiques in the last decade, okay? We're not, we're, yeah, we ain't, we ain't doing no more dough. We ain't doing no more dough. The amount, of, the amount of apostolic boutiques I've seen, I'm like, stop it. <laughs> no. But it's, it's because that's all that they think they can do. True. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, okay, yeah, I got it. You're a manager at Chick-fil-A, but good grief. Like, you can work somewhere else. You can do something else. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with working at Chick-fil-A. Don't get me wrong. I know y'all from Georgia. Don't get mad at me. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, come on. There is so much more that mm-hmm. the women have in her. And I feel like in, in the context of marriages, in the context of families, in the context of churches, I believe that we would be far more proficient and far more advanced if we would begin to allow our women to have their input and swallow our pride, man. Not not only that, but because I feel like some people even go as far as to letting the women have their input, but actually getting behind and supporting that input is where I feel like a lot of people fall short because- because I, I know, especially with now with the feminist with the feminist movement taking off, <clears throat> like women are told, you can do whatever a man can do, and they're right. But do the men or do the people in general support that same vision when mm. coming from a woman? That's what mm. that's what I've seen is I've seen and I've seen women say I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I'm just like, do it, like pick pick your pick your direction. And do it. I will support you. I will support your business. Like I, I've, 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 you know, supported so many women that have started their businesses. You know, obviously, if it's a good product, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna support your business. I'm gonna, sure, I'm, gonna sure. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna tell my friends, even if you don't know, I'm telling my friends. I'm gonna tell my friends because you know, nobody, nobody goes to Sam Walton and says, "Hey, I told somebody to go to Walmart and get this." You know, <laughs> instead, they just tell somebody to go do it. So when it comes to my friends' businesses, I do the same thing. I'm not gonna be like, hey, by the way, I recommended like five people expecting them to like give me some kind of commission or something like that. No, 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 no. I'm gonna support your vision. I'm gonna support your mission if that's what you wanna do because you can do whatever you wanna do. There's no limitations. So I feel like a lot of people fall short is because they don't support that vision as much as Mm -hmm. they do in the men's category. I'll give you an example of a a good marriage that I have observed. it is a pastor. He's a pastor, and, pa- and he has his wife and three children. And um, he's the pastor of this really good church um, in Texas. And she works for IBM in um, mm. in uh, artificial intelligence. And she works full time. She's a and she you know mothers her children and everything. And I've just sat back and watched that marriage. And people have always asked her like you know, how do you do it? And she's just like, well, you know, my husband supports me. And I, I really think, and I, I, I've always had the ideology that if my wife wants to work, go work. I don't she care. Do what she won't. Yeah. She can do what she wants. Yes. Right? That's no money for us. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, now, like, well, like, and especially I, I, if you, if you as the, like, if you have, like, if you have a job and your job covers all the bills, guess where that, her check is going. 
cheese. It does savings account. <laughs> like, and honestly, I'm not gonna lie. When I first got married, I told my wife, I was like, you know, I, I personally just, I would, I would want you to stay home because I want to carry that burden. I want to be able to provide for you, and you can just do whatever you want, you know, whatever you want. And guess what? She wanted to do, get a job. Get a job. And I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, that's more money for us. And at the time, you know, we got married. I was in the military. So, you know, military covers your bills. They cover your rent. They cover your food, you know, that stuff. So her paycheck was some pretty nice spending money. But I mean, it's not, but it, it, even, even in that aspect, it's not like just because a woman has a job, that's just extra spending money for, for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. she wanted to do that. And I'm just like, all right, yeah, well, well I'll help you find a job. I'll help you write your resume and everything. For sure. And she she enjoyed she she worked at the child development center. She enjoyed working with with kids and stuff like that. And you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and I supported her doing that. Now, just because yeah. at the beginning of the marriage, I was like, um, I would rather you stay home, just so you know, I can take care of you. You know, my little baby, I want to take care of you. And I'm like, you, but, but I did say you can do whatever you want. She's like, I want a job. <laughs> I want to work because I'm gonna because for a while she did stay at home and she was just like, I'm bored. So I'm like, yeah. okay, you can go, you know, do what you want. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to limit you from doing whatever you want to do. And that's what she's been doing. And now she's the manager of, of, of the eye clinic. And now I'm sitting up here like, she really don't even need me at this point. <laughs> like she, she big boss lady out here doing her I've, own. I've thing. heard, I've heard in the past um, from a lot of women that um, who are successful that they talk to men and the men have an issue with the fact that they work. But it's not. I, but I, I told her. I said it's not the. It's not the issue that you work. I said you make more than him. I said that's the problem. Mm. I said he's he's working some dead end job, and he has three roommates. And here you come. You got your own place, your own car, own everything. You make you a considerable amount of money, and you don't really need him. And so now he feels inadequate. And you know, because she was feeling bad, and I told her. I said. He needs to get his weight up. That's all. I was like, there's nothing wrong with you. That's it. I said, just and, and I, I told her, I said, just understand that because you are successful, the your dating pool is considerably smaller. That's so true. Because yeah, and, and, and it's not because there is a shortage of men, it's because there's a shortage of men. I don't want to say it that way. There's a shortage of men with enough confidence. Yes. To handle the women, most, uh, no, I ain't gonna say that. A lot of the men, I gotta watch my mouth sometimes, but a lot <laughs> a lot of the men uh, that we're dealing with, especially that have this patriarchal mentality, mm -hmm. they're just, they don't have enough strength uh, mentally to handle a woman, because here's the thing, ooh, oh man, this is about to be a button. See, so many men, if they aren't in control financially, mm. they their confidence is shot. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So if money is the only thing they have over you, so if you don't need them for money, if they can't control you for money, then how are they going to keep their wife in line? <laughs> well, for instance, women who stay in abusive relationships because they have no way of making any money. Because they've had to rely on the man, and then that's where, and then that, and then that, that's a lot of times where the men are just like, "Well, I, I, I got the power. 
I've, I've heard mean, preachers. I've heard preachers come across a pulpit and say, you know, a woman shouldn't work because if a woman starts work working and making money, then she'll start talking back. I'm like, huh? Huh? She's not your child. Oh yeah. Exactly. Like, is she your child or something? Don't let her work because if she starts working, she's gonna get a smart mouth and start talking back. I'm like, bro, stop, nope. man. Stop. <laughs> if you can't, you gotta break that slave mentality off of you because that that's a whole mess. Hey, put this comment up. Uh, Rashana says, when I bought a new SUV some years ago, someone from the church said to me, it's said to me, now you're not going to get a man. I was like, what? He said, men are intimidated because I'm educated and now just bought a brand new van. Shaking my head, that's sad. Well, I surely don't need a man who's intimidated of me. Exactly. Exactly. And honestly, like, but we don't talk about it enough, but a lot of men harbor that, that mentality. That comes yeah. from that that comes from that traditional church mentality. Like I was talking about, the traditional church has just pushed and, and has created this mentality that a woman can't just be above a man. And that's why I'm glad in any way. Yeah, I'm and that's why I'm glad like that model is now starting to break and now more women are starting to be in in in, in positions of ministry and and even CEOs and in, and just in positions of power because they can do that. But in, in the in the traditional church. In the legalistic mindset, a woman couldn't be above a man, mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm glad that like we're now starting to move away from that. But like I said, it's still a problem, as you see. You know, uh, Rashana, I hope I pronounced that right. She she had to deal with that because a man couldn't handle her having her own, being able. Yes. Well, to for see, instance, you know, for, for, for instance, uh, uh, Kamala Harris, for instance. You know, a lot of people had an issue with her. Because, for one, she's a woman, and to add insult to injury, she's a black woman in power. Come on, yeah. A lot of people had a huge issue. It was the same. It was the same mindset when Obama became president. Um, now let, let me is, let me cut in right here because I have to address the racists real quick. Because yeah, a lot yeah, of y'all would have a problem, and you wouldn't be calling her revelations and all that if she was white. That's all I have to say. You uh -oh. mm -hmm. you're one hundred percent correct. You're one hundred percent correct. I was gonna say I was gonna be really nice, but thank you, thank you. For <laughs> But um, her, you know, people up there, oh, she's, you know, she loves abortion, da, 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 da. And they want to talk about all the bad things she has done. And the thing is, I had no problem with Kamala Harris. Outside of her politics, I had no problem because Kamala Harris is a symbol to my mom, Absolutely. to my sister. Absolutely. To, yeah. my future niece, to my future nieces and to my future daughters that yep. they can be in a substantial yes substantial position of power same thing in with this country yeah yeah and you know people oh obama's terrible you know what obama represented obama represented that people that look like me can be in positions of power exactly yeah people don't understand yeah. and the, i know this is off topic but people oh, don't understand hold up hold up that they that people that look like us can get to uh, positions of power and be married to a black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. And that, that, yeah. Because 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 a lot of black men have gotten the, into this mindset that in order for them to have success, they can't be linked with the black woman. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut and you so, off too sometimes, bad. I just, I some, so, sometimes it's not. Sometimes sometimes it's preference. Um, because you marry who you grew up around. 
Sure, uh, sure. Sometimes or, it's or not. You just marry who you love. Yeah, or yeah who you love, who you like, what you or, like, whatever. <laughs> or sometimes, and sometimes it's not preference. Sometimes it's, you know, they feel like, yeah, um, sometimes they're yeah. scared of what people will say if they get to right. a substantial position of power, you know, being married to a to, to a black woman. But the thing is, is 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 this all gave us representation is huge. Representation is yes. huge. And yes. Barack Obama, you know, showed us like, hey, you guys can do it too. Um, like for me, in the, I've been in the military for seven years. I've only seen one, one black pilot. One. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. representation is huge, you know. And the thing is, is Kamala Harris, like I said, outside of her politics, because I know y'all, you know, you like to hide behind her. You like to hide behind her politics to cover your racism. Um, but outside of her politics, she showed women, you guys can do it too, especially black women. Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's for sure. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 uh, only people who are misogynistic. We'll have an issue with that. It's like, for instance, I'll give you an example. In the military, we had a uh, first time ever we had a female chief master sergeant of the Air Force. And she was the first Asian American ever to be a chief master sergeant of the Air Force. Chief master sergeant of the Air Force, for those who are not privy to military terms, is the highest enlisted position in the Air Force. The entire force, yeah. The entire force. She is the woman. Like this is the the boss. And and the and the thing that I keep seeing from misogynistic men on the Facebook is whenever somebody says this is the first female to do this, that, and the third, they're always like, Well, why do we always have to bring up the fact that she's a woman? Or why do I have to bring up the fact that they're black? And and it goes and I always it, it always makes me cringe because in my mind I'm like why does that why are you so pressed? Why does that bother you about why yeah why does it because I want to get in your head why does it bother you so much that they highlighted the fact that this is a woman the first time it's ever been done and this is historical why does that irritate you? And I've right. seen it and again in in a race in a race context I've seen it again. First black woman to do this. First black man to do that. You see him in the comments. Why are we talking about race? Why are you pressed? Why are you so pressed about that? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Why does that trigger you? Why does that bother you? When you hear first woman to do this, why does something in your head snap and you get mad about it? Right. Because of that traditional mindset. Yep. Exactly. Traditional yeah. mindset that has always kept women back. I mean... Or that that traditional mindset of oppression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel I feel like I mean we may have to do a part three for this because I mean we've been going for a minute, but mm-hmm. um that I mean to kind of sum sum all that up, and, and I guess these would be my closing thoughts is just that it's just the the traditional mindset that has slowly been breaking, but it's still here because of kind of what Caleb just said. Like people will try to disregard the significance of somebody doing something. Um, they will try to disregard the significance of, of yes. a woman doing this because it's, 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 it's tough to see that because they're just like, why can't you just be happy for the person? Why can't you support the person? And a lot of that comes with the whole women thing. Like a lot of the guys are just like, well, okay, cool. But like, we don't 
like just because she's a woman, you know, yada yada yada. Like, right? Support her, be happy for her, but also support her in that because that's like she if that's what she wants to do, she can do it with or without a man's approval. So support that vision. Support, get behind it. Support it and get out of that mindset that it's insignificant if a woman reaches a milestone and if a woman is is walking in her own even without a man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Justin, what you got, man? I, I would say my closing comments. I want to say this to kind of come back to the, the this deal of the church and the double standards, the patriarchal standards. I think this is a, a scripture I want to point out, and I want everybody to go read this. In your own time in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. And it says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. All one, yeah. And I I take that to mean this. And and if you read the context of the scripture, this is, is, is it's exactly what it's saying is that any standard that's going to be judged as a measurement for Christianity has got to be equal across genders. Mm -hmm. And I I think that we've got to get to the point where we stop having these double standards. We've got to get to the point where we stop making men get by with certain things that we don't let women get by with and, 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 and vice versa in the rare cases that those are. And that we've got to begin to see ourselves as equal in Christ. And I'll leave it right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, I think we just need to harbor a mindset of of just seeing women for who they are. Smart, intelligent people, just humans with ambitions. We need to, to understand who they are and appreciate them for who they are. Yes. And get out of this mindset that, you know, women can't do this. Like, honestly, like, just get, get into the mindset of, you know, if somebody says, if a woman says, I want to do this or I want to be in charge of this, cool. Great. Go for it. I support you. Um, yes. We, we, we really need to, like Justin said, quit with the double standards, um, especially when it comes to gender in the church. We really need to stop that because really? um, um, because all it does is it it furthers the the mindset of ownership, you know, mm-hmm. you can't do this because you're less than us. It's the same thing with, with racism back in the day. You know, we couldn't swim in the pool because we were less than white people. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just that same, we got to get rid of that same oppressive mindset that has been here for decades and just put on a new mask every 10, 20 years. Yeah. You know, but um, other than that, you know, this was a great conversation and we're, we're, we should probably do part three next week. We'll, we'll talk about. We're going to have our guests. Yeah, I think that'll be really good. Um, So I want you all again to like this, to share this. If there's anything that you want us to talk about, please uh, send us a, a, a message and we'll definitely be happy. Uh, to to talk about that. Um, and man, this has been a great conversation. I do believe next week we'll come back with part three uh, to kind of finish this all up on uh, has the church been fair to women? Um, with that, this has been the Voice of the Millennial Podcast and we bid you all good night. Thanks for joining. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. God bless.